one of our priests uh, in my own community uh, a good couple of years ago while I was in seminary. I remember him preaching on this gospel and uh, he was a priest who, who liked to preach with, with a bit of enthusiasm but at times if your enthusiasm is misplaced it can, it can end up with well, somewhat hilarious consequences actually. Uh, but he said, uh, so he was preaching on this gospel and he said, you know, the, the, the king turns to, to, to those on his right and says, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you came to visit me. <laughs> and then we were, all of us seminarians were sitting there going, <laughs> and then you could just hear someone behind you. There was always one Korean chap who couldn't really contain his laughter. You could just hear the little squeaks of <laughs> the little laughter out of him. But uh, this gospel is an odd kind of a gospel considering the feast that we're celebrating. There's something, there are a couple of things here that don't really match up, but that's the beauty of it. When you delve into it, then it, it, it reveals uh, realities that may not be apparent at first glance. So today is the feast of Christ the King. Now, depending on your country of origin, uh, having a king or having a country with a king may be considered somewhat more positive or somewhat more negative. We tend to be a little more on the more negative side. Um, so the, the king... The idea of, of a king or a crown for us wasn't always associated with the most positive historical experiences. Enough said about that, but you get the point. Um, so, hearing of Christ the King doesn't exactly fill, well, my heart with joy initially, I and mean, the first reaction, because we might often associate kingship with, with power, and maybe we, even with an abuse of power. And maybe even with various like uh, moods of a king who decides let's invade or let's slaughter or let's op- oppress, and we don't necessarily associate it with, with justice and with equality or with with, with human rights. <laughs> you know, anything uh, noble, really noble of character, maybe noble of surname, but not necessarily no- nobility of, of of character. So, Christ the King is a bit of a Bit of a, a bit of an issue, maybe initially at, at first glance. But our first reading is about Jesus or Christ as a shepherd. So the feast of Christ the Kings. The first reading is about Jesus as a shepherd. Now, these these are very different vocations. Well, at first, again, at first glance, these are very very different things. King sits on a throne being fed his food, very wealthy, very powerful, maybe somewhat arbitrary in his decision-making, whereas a shepherd has to be dedicated and out in the, the environment of whatever country it is and brave the elements, brave the winter, brave the cold, brave the rain, brave the heat in the summer, and, dare I say, even suffer for the sheep that he's trying to take care of put his life on the line, risk himself, risk or sacrifice his own comfort for them and possibly even risk his life, say his sheep are about to be attacked by some thief or a wolf, the shepherd has to stand between the enemy and his, and his flocks, his flock. So, so why would you have an, an image like this on, 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 on the Feast of Christ the King? Surely we need something more kind of triumphant and trumpets and angels flying around. But this is deliberately chosen by the church for today's feast day because the Lord's kingship 
like his like like God's fatherhood, like like any any of these words that we use, it's always the perfection of that vocation. The Lord's kingship is is a perfect kingship. It's a servant kingship. It's it's a shepherding kingship. So he he's the kind of king who wants the best for his people, who offers himself, sacrifices himself for his people. He's the kind of king who models himself on being a shepherd, getting in the way between the enemy and those who he is sworn to protect. So it's a, it's a kingship uh, a king, akin to fatherhood. It's a, it's a very different kind of kingship to, to earthly kingship, uh, as, as many of us have seen it or, expand, or experienced it. I myself will pasture my sheep, he says. I myself will show them where to rest. It is the Lord who speaks. I shall look for the lost one. Bring back the stray. I shall bandage the wounded and make them strong. I shall watch over the fat as well. He'll take care of the fat ones as well. It says in scripture, uh, I shall watch over the fat and the healthy as well. I am the true shepherd to them. Okay? So, so the Lord's kingship is... It's, it's a servant kingship. It's a, it's a kingship that sacrifices himself. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, right? It's not arbitrary, and it has nothing to do with violence. And now we fast forward to our gospel, where, again, you've got uh, the king saying, he'll, he'll place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and he'll say to the, to, the, to the sheep, so those on his right, I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was a stranger, and you made me welcome. I was naked and clothed, you clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison. You came to see me. Hang on, this is the king now. This is the king. So when was the king ever hungry or thirsty or in prison or, or, or sick? When was the king, the most powerful person, ever weak? When was he ever in need? You know, this, this, this image doesn't make a whole pile of sense, again, at first glance. The king is the richest, the most powerful the, the most distant and aloof figure or character. He doesn't associate with the plebs, you know, with the ordinary folk on the street. He's away in his castle, happy out. That's not the kingship of Jesus. It's not. Why? Because as in so much as you did it to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. You did it to me. So he's not a king who's distant from his people, but a, a king who completely identifies with the sick and the lonely and the poor and the hungry and the thirsty and the lost. Very, very different kind of kingship altogether. But it is a kingship with, with power and there are consequences to our actions. Just because uh, he's a good king doesn't mean he's unjust. It doesn't mean that there is no justice. Our actions matter. And insofar as we didn't feed the hungry and didn't satisfy the needs of the thirsty and the sick and those in prison we also neglected to do that to him so our actions matter our service matters so when we think of uh, the Lord speaking then about all these people who were in need the hungry and the sick and, and, and that something which really strikes me is that how how do I live, how do I experience my own weakness and my own need? Because I, I think many of us might have the idea that, 
that in, in the spiritual life, the goal is to eventually get so strong that we no longer need God's help. So, you know, when we, when we fall, when we sin, we go back to confession, but eventually we'll be kind of so holy that we won't need confession anymore. We won't need God's help anymore. We'll be kind of, you know, looking down on everyone else and hoping that they get to my level of sanctity. But uh, I won't really need God as much. And that's kind of maybe the goal of the spiritual life, to not need God that much. And it seems like a failure every time we would need God. It seems like a failure. If I ever had to say to the Lord, Lord, I need your help now, that's kind of somehow I'm lacking something, somehow I failed because I should be autonomous. I should be strong enough in myself. That's, again, not where the Lord is trying to lead us at all. St. Paul very famously writes, uh, ask, pray, explaining his prayer to the Lord to remove the thorn from his side. This thorn, we don't know what it was, but it was some sort of a, a temptation or some sort of a sinful tendency, we don't know exactly. But he asks God to remove it three times. I asked the Lord three times that this would depart from me. But the Lord said to me, My grace is enough for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. So then I will boast most gladly about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may reside in me. The Lord isn't saying that we're supposed to be perfect, that we're supposed to be able to live life without him. 2 Corinthians 12 there for those who want to read it afterwards the Lord is saying I've created you as my flock you will always need me the goal isn't to be ever eventually so holy so perfect that you no longer need my help the goal here is that we'll walk together that I will walk with you that I will defend you that I will strengthen you that I will bandage you that I will pick you up the goal is that you learn to lean on me. The goal isn't that you get strong enough that you no, non- no longer need me. So our weaknesses are, are actually necessary. Our, our weaknesses remind us of our need for God. Our weaknesses are what cause us to call out to God. So our weaknesses become this avenue back to the Lord, not the opposite. It's not our perfection that then means that we can associate with God almost like on, on, on the same level. But it's our weaknesses that cause us to call out to him. So our weaknesses, they can be then our, our boasts, as St. Paul says. My grace is made manifest in weakness. And we have a shepherd king who wants to guide us, heal us, pick us up. This, it's such a tender image. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will show them where to rest. So the the king, who's also a shepherd, out in the elements, out in the rough and tumble of the countryside, I will show them where to rest. It is the Lord who speaks. I shall look for the lost one. I shall bring back the stray. I shall bandage the wounded. I shall make the weak strong. I shall watch over the fat and the healthy. I shall be a true shepherd to them. This is our king. This is the kind of kingship he lives. It's a servant kingship. It's a shepherding kingship. It's a kingship that means that he's anything but distant and aloof. Anything but far away from us. He's a father. So we ask the Lord today to renew our faith in him and in his providence. And that we might see in our weaknesses 
our opportunity to find him again, our opportunity to call out to him again and to hear his voice and to experience his providence. Amen.